Can better HR create a better world? Join me this week with my guests as we discuss how he created a global HR conference and community full of HR professionals and experts, and how he brought them all together in his global conference with over 19,000 participants, 500 speakers, and 120 sessions. So join me this week in How I Create a Better World with HR with Enrique Rubio on The Fanny Dunnigan Show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Fanny Dunnigan Show. My name is Fanny Dunnigan, and every week I come to you on Thursdays at 4 Central and bring you um, a variety of guests from all kinds of industries and content creators. And these are all people that lead with their heart and make an impact on the world. And um, I couldn't be happy to be welcoming, welcoming my guests this week. But in the meantime, I want to welcome all of you in the audience. So welcome to the show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're tuning in from. Let us know where you're tuning in from. And I want you to share with everyone in the comments, what is your expertise? Introduce yourself and network with others in the comments. I want this to be a community where you can meet other professionals. I know today, because we are talking all about HR, there's a bunch of you in the audience that are HR professionals. So make sure you network with each other, meet each other, and I challenge you to connect with three new people in the audience and in the comments. Build your network in the comments. But before I kind of get too far, I want to introduce my community manager, Anne Small. You're going to see her in the comments. And I just want to bring her on real quick. Hey, Anne, how are you? Hey, everybody. Excited for a great show. Absolutely. So make sure you connect with her, interact with her, and um, she'll help me catch any questions that you have for our guests today. 
So I'll see you in the comments, Anne. Okay. Okay. So today's content tip of the week, I want to get really, really tactical with this week's tip. I am going to share with you what I call blank lines and emojis. It's very, very specific, but they really will change how your post is viewed. So I want to share real quick, when you are creating a post, make sure that you insert a lot of blank lines and here and there add pieces of color or emojis to your posts. Because what happens is on LinkedIn, when you're creating posts, people are skimming. People don't have time. People are going through their feed really, really quickly. So when you space out your content and space out your writing with lots of blank lines so that everything is in bite-sized um, pieces of text, that will really help the reader get through your post quickly and also absorb it quickly. Um, and it's also pleasing to the eye when you see lots of blank spaces and lists and emojis for a little color. So depending on your audience, um, my audience tends to be a little more structured and corporate. So um, I kind of keep my emojis to just little splashes of color. But if you have, um, maybe you're in the marketing industry or some kind of very um, wilder kind of industries, then feel free to splash your emojis across your post. So just always think of your audience but to my content tip of this week is make sure you use lots of blank lines and spaces and little pops of color with emojis in your LinkedIn posts. And that will get a lot more views and um, help your audience absorb your information quickly. Okay. And that's my content tip of the week. Now, I want to also share my quote of the week. So this week... I was actually on another live show and um, quick shout out to Katie Wallace and Kira Day. They started a new show called, I think, The Passion Project. And in there, I met somebody and we we're talking about our favorite quotes. And it reminded me of this book, The Alchemist. Let me know if you've seen this book, if you enjoy this book, The Alchemist. Um, it is by Paulo Coelho. And this quote has always resonated with me because it gives me motivation and inspiration um, when I feel a little lost in my goals. And it says, when you want something, all the universe will conspire in helping you to achieve it. So... When you want something and it is your heart's desire, all the universe will conspire in helping you achieve it. So think about that and put your goals, put your vision, put your intention, announce it to the world, let the world know, share it with your friends, share it in a post, share it in a video or image, whatever it is. And you never know, once you announce something to the universe, a lot of times it will rise up to meet you and make sure you, that you succeed in it. So it's a little bit of um, the energy you put out there. So I hope that quote inspires you. When you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Okay. Uh, let me come and give a quick shout out to whoever's in the audience. Debbie Spitzer, yes, you love that book too, exactly. Um, Sal, huge shout out to Sal. For those of you in the HR industry, if you don't know Sal, make sure you connect with him. He's the VP and Managing Director at HRQ. You can see his whole description there. Um, not only that, he's a great guy, great connector, and he just serves so many people in the HR industry. So I'm so glad you're here, Sal. Make sure you all connect with him. Another great person in the HR industry, G, Gihan and G for short. Um, yes, welcome, G. We're always happy to see you in there. Uh, welcome, Kevin. Oh, from Facebook. Awesome. <laughs> 
We have LinkedIn folks who are coming live to you from LinkedIn, YouTube, as well as Facebook. So this is great to see some Facebook uh, posts or people as well. Awesome. Mark. Yay. Welcome, Mark. Always a great friend and with the Association of Business Technology Professionals. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so let's get started. This week, the topic is how I create the best HR to change the world. So for all of you out there, we are going to go very, very deep in the topic of human resources and HR. And it is my pleasure. And please join me in welcoming Enrique Rubio to the show. Welcome, Enrique. Hello, Fanny. Thank you so much for inviting me. It's absolutely um, it's a privilege absolutely. to be here with you, sharing ideas and uh, you know, chatting about all cool, cool, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we met through Evangelia. Um, yes. And so shout out to her as well. She's always giving so much to job seekers mm. and people in the HR space, just yeah. like you are. Um, but Enrique, please, I want to read a little bit of your bio because I, you've really made an impact. You know, you are an HR tech and future of work expert, keynote speaker, founder of Hacking HR, a global lead learning community at the intersection of work, technology, business, and organizations. Thousands and thousands of members all over the world. And you were also named one of the top 100 HR global influencers. That's quite a, quite a bio, Enrique, and well-deserved, too. Thank you. Um, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And, and, and I think it, it's, it's just about you know, trying to put the work out there for the right reasons and, and helping others. And that's that's what's been so unique about Hacking HR. You know, people ask me all the yes. time about, you know, how do you bring so many people together and how do you get so many people participating in your conference and your events and in your community? And, and I think it's all about how authentic and genuine it is, right? I mean, yes. um, you know, I, I, I told you offline, um, you know, even though we need the money to operate, money hasn't been the driver for us, right? It's been, uh, you know, the, the real driver of what I'm doing is leaving a legacy and making an impact in the world. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I don't want all these HR people to say, you know, the day that I'm not here anymore, I don't want them to ask how much money I had in my bank account, but instead mm -hmm. asking or saying, look at the impact this guy had in the, in the world of HR and in the world of work. So that to me is much more a powerful driver than 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 money. So yes. so I think people 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 see that right, and and they see it in you, and they see it in others when they are too too driven by money, right? Yeah. Too driven by the by the by how much money they can make out of something that they are doing. And while I don't judge that, I think when people, you know, see that, uh, you know, intentionality behind behind what you do you know, it, you become more of a magnet if you're doing it for the right reasons and others are sort of in alignment yeah. with that reason. So I think yeah. that's, that's, that's been a, a, you know, foundation for, for the work that I've done. So how did you even get into HR? Like, how did, how did you get started? And, and how did you even come up with this idea of this hacking HR community and conference? Yeah. You know, it was just, uh, you know, I have a friend, um, you know, he, he he wouldn't say random. He would say it was serendipity. You know, it was meant to happen. And, um, you know, it was meant to happen because something was going to get done out of it. I, I am an electronic engineer by training. So wow. my, my career started as an electronic engineer. I worked many years as a senior project engineer in the te telecommunications sector. And at the end of my career as an engineer or at the end of my tenure practicing engineering, because I don't think you get that out of your mind ever. Yeah. <laughs> um, they train us too hard. <laughs> they, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. in there, you know, and, and you know, like 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 all the processes and, and thinking. But at the end of my tenure as a practicing engineer, I worked as a uh, sales, uh, you know, technical sales professional. Mm. And, you know, I thought, you know, I, I, I discovered this passion about working with people, for people, but I didn't want to work in sales. You know, that was not my, my, 
my cup of tea. And I discovered HR. You know, I said, well, you know, there seems to be another area where people like to work with people. They like to serve others. And I said to myself, well, you know, I want to get into this world for a little bit and see how it goes. This was more than 10 years ago. And I became a consultant. Then I was part of the corporate world, of course. I became a consultant again. And now I am doing this hacking HR, um, you know, uh, community full-time, which once again, you know, is, is, um, is, is HR, but it's much more than HR. You know, it is yeah. mostly targeted to HR people, but it's way more than that. So that's how I got started. And, and there was a catalyst in, in, that, uh, um, in that journey. I got fired from a company years ago, very unfairly. But part of what happened in me was, you know, I went to uh, HR and I talked to them and I said, you know, you're letting this happen and it shouldn't be happening, you know. And I'm very outspoken, by the way. You know, I, I'm extroverted, outspoken. I never keep anything inside. I just say it all out loud, out loud. And I went to HR and they didn't do anything. And I, you know, that was right at the point where I said, you know, I want to work with people. I want to try to serve others in other capacity beyond engineering or sales. Yeah. And that happened to me. And that's how I discovered that I, I, I wanted to be in HR. And um, that's, that's how my, my journey in this profession started. And, and, you know, it's been fascinating. And I yeah. tell people, by the way, I tell people as, a, as an evidence of me being driven by impact and not by money. I always tell them if I wanted to make money, I would have said in, engineering because i think <laughs> or I made, sales I, or sales <laughs> i think i would have made more money in those areas than in hr but you know there's there's like um like an energy you know yeah. in hr and and there's like a, a you know you gotta be very passionate and you, you gotta have stuff that not everybody else has you know and i say this coming from another profession i don't think my peers in engineering or some of them, not all of them, but some of them, I don't think they have what's needed to be in HR. You know, it's this mm -hmm. passion for serving other people, yeah. for being patient, for, yeah, you know, getting the boss telling you what to do or what not to do and being sometimes, a, you, know, a, you know, a jerk or whatever it is, the boss, or being a good boss, but demanding a lot from you. But at the end of the day, you're getting all of that and translating it into how can I best serve those around me? Absolutely. And that's what defines the work that, that I'm trying to do with Hacking HR. How can we best serve our employees? How can we best serve our organizations to at the end of the day create a better world. You know, I mm -hmm. I I always tell tell people in HR, HR creating a better HR is not just an urgent task for the betterment of HR. Creating a better HR is an urgent calling for the improvement of the world. And let me let me tell you what the connection is. When you create a better HR, you create a better workplace. And when you create a better workplace, people the employees who are people, citizens of society, they are happier, they find more joy, they become better citizens because they are finding more of what they want to be or what they want to grow into. They want to, they are flourishing at work and they bring all that positivity into the world. So better HR is better workplaces, better workplaces, happier people that are thriving more. People that are happier and thriving more create a better world. So we are not just creating a better life for our employees. We are creating a better life for everybody out there. So our role in HR, whoop, it's important. <laughs> Look at you. I love it. I love it. And for those of you that are in the audience that are in HR, I'm sure Enrique's uh, words really resonate because we, it's a hard profession because yeah. I think people that are in HR need to have big hearts, yeah. right? Because we're dealing with the ups and downs of people, right? Yeah. And, and so we're going to have great days when we're hiring or making an impact or, um, you know, you're leaving a legacy behind, you're doing succession planning, all that. But then there's obviously the tough days when you get all the complaints. <laughs> HR hears all the, the the people complaints, right? And yeah. um, and then also you have to deal with um, personnel, right? So so there's always challenges, but then there's always so many rewards with HR. So for those of you in the audience, please 
let others know whether you're HR professional, put hashtag HR professional in the comments and make sure you connect with each other in the comments if you're in HR. So Enrique, like you, I want you to spend some time talking about this conference, um, which thank you. I'll also be speaking <laughs> there as well. So shameless plug there. But this uh, this HR, Hacking HR Conference, right? Yeah. I want you to kind of walk us through it while I share the screen here, because you have gathered, I mean, the statistics of this is just, it blows my mind how much you have brought together here. Um, 123 sessions, 19,000 people have registered and 500 speakers. <laughs> like logistically, that's already blows my mind. And it's all around HR. Like, how did you, how did you build this? How did you build this community? Yeah. I'm going to begin by, by the foundation of why I'm doing this and why I'm doing it for free and online. The, you know, Hacking HR has been around for a little over three years. So I started this in at the end of 2017. So we were doing a lot of smaller events, you know, you know, a couple of hundred people and whatnot here and there. Some of them were online, some of them were in person. But at the end of 2019, I said to myself, I had I had already participated in several HR conferences in person. Of course, this was pre-pandemic. And there were a couple of things that were, you know, they were creating noise in my heart. This is the noise that they were creating. First of all, not too many people in there. Second, you needed to pay registration and you needed to pay to travel to those things and you yeah. needed to take them off. So what that meant for me, because back then I was still in the corporate world, I needed to ask permission from my leaders to give me the money to be part of those events and to let me take the time off to go to those events. Yeah. So barriers you know all i'm describing is barriers traveling money accommodation time off barrier 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 and then i was thinking you know in this day and age when all this technology is available to us why are we not really walking the talk here and making an event as inclusive as possible and what i mean by that is i'm not saying that something has Something has to be free to be inclusive. That's that's you yeah. know that's, that's not that's not what I'm saying. Right. But what I thought was in the HR space, my event, my annual event, will be for free and it will be online because I don't want anybody in the world to come to me to tell me I cannot participate in that event yeah. because what I'm going to tell them is you have no excuse. Oh, oh, you got a family or you got to you got to do some work. Well watch the videos that we're going to be posting yeah. online later on because we're going to be we're going to be making all this content available for free. So you cannot join live, that's okay. You can watch the things uh the the recorded sessions later on. But there really should not be any excuse for people not to be joining what we're doing. So the premise behind the first event that I did last year and by the way, I did it I organized it pre-pandemic so it, it, the pandemic did not change the way I was going to organize this it was always supposed to be online yeah. and free so I put it together You didn't have to change much <laughs> I didn't have to change much right so last year we brought 225 speakers we had 11,000 people registered for the event last year and after the event, I had so much adrenaline in my body, right? That I said, you know, I want to make it bigger uh, for next year. That was last year. So we're making it bigger now. We had, uh, we're getting closer to 19,000 registrations so far. My guess is that we're going to be probably around the 20, 21,000 mark. Uh, we got 500 speakers and um, I have, I already have the adrenaline flowing pretty fast through my body. So for next and year. And they get credits, right? They get they, Sherman they, credits. They, uh, Sherman HRCI credits. Yeah. So for next year, we are aiming for something even bigger. I, you know, uh, funny, we already shared this. I don't even know if this is possible, but I, I have this wild dream. Listen to that, everybody. I have this wild dream. Help me out here. I want to bring 100,000 HR people together for a week from March the 7th through the 11th of 2022, I want to bring two uh, 1,000 speakers. And the big theme for last for next year, for this year, it is unlocking your potential. It is summoning all your talents, abilities, capabilities, skills, your strength 
to make the best out of this year and going forward. The, the thing next year for those 100,000 HR professionals is the path forward. And what I want to do next year is I want to bring all these people together to together imagine what we want the future to be and how to get there. I don't want HR, you know, this is important to me. I don't want HR to be sitting as a bystander or just in on the on the on the sideways on the on the on the sides of the uh, of the of the conversations. I don't want them to be just there seeing how others create the future. Yeah. I want HR to be an active participant in this conversation. So let's see how we do it. I, I think a it's seat at the table, impossible. right? Um, yeah. I think it's yeah. almost impossible to bring a hundred thousand people together, but hey. You know, everybody has dreams, right? And You're going to break time. Zoom. They'll have to create a bigger platform just for you. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a little bit of, about the essence of the events, Fanny. This yeah. year, we got, we're going to have 123 sessions. There are 116 panels, um, uh, 113 panels, I'm sorry. There are th um, four workshops. There are two networking sessions, two peer-to-peer -peer collaborative conversations, yeah. and two keynote sessions. So it's, you know, lots of stuff, and it's all free and all online. So yes, I saw in here people have already been signing up. Gee, she's already signed up for the conference. She's like, Ooh. who's with me? Who signed up? Make sure you sign up for this conference. There is no excuse. He's no made excuse. it as easy as possible. Yeah. And um, it's I, there you go right here. Here is the link. There you go. Um, and or you could just go straight to hackinghr.io and it is on March 8th to 12th. Correct. But Enrique, tell me, so when you were putting together the agenda for this conference, right? Because you can pick, I mean, there it can be so wide and encompassing. What were some of your intentions when you were putting together this agenda? Maybe you can give us some highlights. Yeah, well, uh, what I, what I, wanted to do was to provide as many tools as possible for HR to succeed in their role, not only in HR, but beyond that, what I call HR becoming a trailblazer that is leading people and organizations into the future of work. Listen, I have, you know, I think we have the potential to be the leaders, not just, I'm not just talking about the, the doers of something, right? I'm just talking about being the leaders that lead the way for our organizations and our humans at work to successfully and effectively get into this other side, which is what we call the future of work, but it's happening right now. Now, to be that leader, we got to realize that potential that I'm talking about, right? And realizing that potential means closing the gap between the skills and the capabilities that we have today and the skills and the capabilities that we need in order to get there. So what I wanted to do with this event was how many tools, what kind of tools can I provide for HR, HR professionals, HR leaders to be effective in closing the gap and actually realizing their potential and becoming that kind of leader. That's why the, the theme of the conference is unlocking your potential because we have it. Now we got to unlock it and we got to unlock it by learning. So we're going to be talking about innovation, design thinking, agility, culture, diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're going to be talking about people science and people analytics, strategy and transformation, human experience, recruitment. I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a bunch of topics. And all of these big themes are broken down into more specific topics that will be talked about by panels. Yeah. Each panel is comprised by a diverse group of people and diverse in the entire sense of the word, you know, gender, uh, geography, background, industry, uh, uh, you know, area of expertise. And they will be talking about each of these topics. And once again, providing the insights, providing the tools, providing the knowledge, the information, the actionable ideas for HR professionals to put in their toolbox and start using them to close that gap and effectively become that trailblazer that I am talking about. Wow. Phenomenal. Now, I've been reading up on you and going through your <laughs> posts and your articles because, first of all, I'm so inspired by your passion 
I, I saw some comments in there, like, they're like, where did Enrique get all his passion from? <laughs> um, so yes, I mean, it, it's contagious, Enrique. Um, but there's this concept here where you talk about the human experience versus the employee experience, right? Yeah. Employee experience is a term that we use a lot in HR. But you said, you know, it's so much more than that. It's the human yeah. experience. Can you explain what that means? Yes, I can. Um, and I'm just gonna, you know, say it in this way, right? I, there, there are people who still think that you are that that you that you wear a custom when you come to work, and that you put on the custom or the uniform when you come into the office, and you are a different person by putting on that uniform. And before leaving the office, and when I say leaving the office, I mean right now it's leaving work uh, if that happens at all in the times of pandemic yeah, and what they think is you know you you take off the uniform and then you are the other self you know that other person that idea that you are two people mm -hmm. that you are the em enrique the employee and enrique the yeah. the boyfriend the dog owner the friend the son the brother that that idea ha has always been stupid always mm. been stupid mm. but now we got the science to show how stupid the idea of asking people to not bring their home situation to work and yeah. not bring their work situation to home we have the science to prove that that the idea pandemic was forced it out of us the pandemic just 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 put it in evidence right it's, it's right in front of us so when we talk about the employee experience what comes to my mind is that we are thinking about the humans that work for us only in their in their capacity as employees and not in their human humanity, in their entire human capacity, if you will. So what I'm saying here is, let me just give you one very basic example. You have somebody working with you right now and you're wondering, wow, you know, Enrique used to be, you know, such a top performer, you know, all the time. And in the past 12 months, this guy has been failing a lot. What's going on? But nobody has ever asked Enrique what's going on with Enrique. And I'm using myself, of course, as an example. This is a, uh, um, you know, it's not a real example. But maybe my leader, instead of thinking of me as an employee, the leader says, you know what? I'm going to ask Enrique what's going on. It's not just the human. It's not just the employee. It's the human. And they come to me and they ask me, Enrique, what's going on with you? You know, like, hey, you know, I, I've seen something going on here. And I want to make sure that you have the tools that you are supporting and whatnot. And then Enrique says, my mom has COVID and I had to take care of her or my dad has COVID, or, you know, my girlfriend had COVID, or whatever it is, right? Or, or I lost one family member, and I've been going through a very hard time right now. And the leader says, you know what? Take your time. Um, you know, I didn't know that from the beginning or from before. Yeah. Uh, I, I count on me. You know, I mean, we have some expectations from you, but, you know, rest assured that we're going to understand if something that has to do with family, with your personal life comes in the way, and you have to take care of that. We're going to be there supporting you. That yeah. is human experience. Yeah. Thinking of Enrique as the... Perfect analogy. The, yeah. the, empl the employee who had a high performance before the pandemic and went down. And now you got to take care of the low performer. And I hate that, by the way. Uh, you got to take care of the low performer because you only think about that person as the employee. You never asked him or her what's going on. There you got the difference between thinking about employee experience and thinking mm. about human experience. So we need, you remember when I said before that we need to close that gap to become the trailblazer, leading people and organizations to the future of work. We're putting a lot of tools into everybody's uh, toolbox. One of them is you got to be curious, empathetic, and listen to people. Yes. Genuinely curious. Talk to them. Nobody wants anymore the HR that tells you, you cannot do that. We're going to fire you. We're going to hire you. We're going to increase your salary. We're going to give you this performance. They want the, we want the kind of HR that is asking people, you know, what's yeah. going on? I'm here for you. Tell me what's going on and how can I help you, you know, in whatever thing you may be going through. And if I can't help you, I'm going to find somebody who can, right? That is thinking about the human. And there's a big gap between the two. Very big. And job seekers now are are asking for more, right? We yes. we live more fulfilling lives, yeah. and so we we want to work for companies that think of um, employees as humans, right? Not just as a worker bee, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we 
we purposely look for company culture or certain values. And sometimes the work doesn't matter as much as what that company values and how they treat their their, um, employees and And their humans, right? Yeah, (laughs) and and the the reality, Fanny, is this. This is something that people have always wanted. But there was something that was going on before that is not going on now. First of all, we didn't have the science before to prove that this is what people wanted. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, before you dared to say something about your employer, Fanny, get the hell out of the door. We don't want you here anymore. You're fired. People were trained to go to school, work for 50, 40, 50 years and retire and probably work a lot of that time for one, two, three companies, maybe, meaning that you get a lo- you, you, you needed to have a long tenure in the yeah. same company. And very often what that meant was you needed to stay quiet when you needed something more human for you. Mm-hmm. That's why when people talk about, you know, millennials demanding all these things versus baby boomers, dude, we all wanted the same thing. It's only yeah. that back then they couldn't say anything about it. Right. Now we are in this world where we see, I see, you know, Fanny's Instagram and Fanny's always like, my work is great. I love my job. My boss is supporting me. And I'm like, I don't get any of those things. You know, you know, like I want that too. Yeah. So I get a little jealous of Fanny. You ask for more. Jealous yes. of Fanny, Fanny I, I want a little bit more, right? Absolutely. So we live in an age when the scrutiny on corporate culture and the demands are the, the, the product of, well, you know, being in a technological connected world where we can see what everybody else is getting, right? And, yes. and you know, uh, is anybody going to ever tell me like women, you know, that were working 30, 40 years ago didn't want to earn the same salary that a man that was doing the same work that she was doing? Of course they wanted that. They just yeah. didn't know it. They just didn't know the salary that that man was getting, right? And now they have the science to say, wait a second. And now we have a, I think we have permission to, even for ourselves to give a voice to that. Yeah. Correct. In the past, it would have been like, oh, funny, don't don't ask for that because you're going to get fired. Now it is. That should be the way things are. And we also have the science to prove that we, you and I are doing the same work, but because I'm a man, I'm making more money than you. That is not right. And it's not just. So, you know, we wanted these things before. It's only that now we're more, um, we are in a different world. You know, things have changed And, and, and I'm very happy that they've changed. So Enrique, we have a question from the audience real quick about the conference. G says, uh, she might've missed it, but with the enormity of this conference, is there a pre-event networking or will there be opportunities for people to socialize or there's an app? What do you say to that? The app is the next level. We, we, we're, 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 <laughs> 2022. 2022, 2022, that's, that's gonna come. So there would be four, I mean, all of the sessions are live, so you will be on a Zoom webinar mm. and you have the chat and you can interact with everybody on that chat, right, during the panel. So hopefully the interaction will be around the topic of the panel. But there will be four four sessions that are designed around, um, you know, for people to collaborate. So there are two networking sessions. One is on Tuesday and one is on Thursday. And these networking sessions, what we're doing is we're bringing everybody on a, on um, Zoom meetings, and then we're sending them out into breakout rooms, small breakout ah, rooms, hopefully, you know, five, yes. six, for them to have a conversation. I mean, it's going to be unstructured. You know, there's not going to yeah. be a topic of conversation. So that's that's two of, of those things. And there will be two, uh, what I call peer-to-peer collaborative sessions, mm. uh, one on Monday and one on Wednesday, and we do have topics for those. I don't. I apologize. I don't remember the topic for the first one. Um, the topic for the for Wednesday. You know, I'm I'm trying to find the words to to say it in a way that that um, that conveys the message, but you know, it comes across uh, also positively. I I want people to talk about how we are going to deal with the catastrophe that COVID meant for jobs held by women. Mm, uh, you know, yes. something around the lines of between 75% and 90% of all the jobs lost in the world. In the U.S. is 75%. Some of the countries is 90%. All of those jobs lost during the pandemic were held by women before the pandemic. So this is a catastrophe. These kids are at home learning it's online. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, this sets us, set us back decades and we gotta, we gotta do, you, you know, we gotta solve this very quick, and we gotta do it better than before. So yeah. that collaborative session would be, how do we, de- how do we do this? 
what do we do? Where do we go from here? Very necessary. That's going to be a Wednesday. I don't know. I don't remember the one on, on Monday. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no. All of you register for the conference yeah, and you'll get yeah. the full agenda. I do want to bring up this quick point from Joyce because she, for those of you out there, make sure you connect with Joyce. She was one of my speakers from last year. She is a wellness and um, wellness expert in the workplace. And she reinforces your point about we need to bring humanity back to the workplace. Absolutely, yeah. Joyce. Um, I do want to get to, and you already kind of touched a bit on this because you know, you've spoken to so many people and obviously you've spoken to all your speakers that are coming to this conference. What has been some of the, the common challenges that you're seeing for 2021? You mentioned one of them being, um, you know, women have had to kind of maybe give up their jobs in order to be at home to take care of the children that are now online and virtual. Um, and before you answer that, I, I also want to encourage all of you in the comments and in the audience, let us know what you think has been the top HR challenge in 2020 and 2021. What do you see as the top HR challenges right now? But Enrique, from your perspective? You know, I'm going to begin with a, and you know, we're going to spend hours on this one. I'm going to begin with mental health. I think, mm -hmm. I, I yeah. believe that the defining challenge of 2021 for the workplace and of course HR is mental health. Uh, as a matter of fact, experts are calling the mental health implications of COVID the second pandemic. They are expecting to see increased depression, levels of depression, increased levels of substance abuse, increased levels of deaths by suicide, and this is all the result of all that's happened through the pandemic. And remember, the pandemic is not just a pandemic. The pandemic is all that the pandemic unearthed or all the things that we swept under the rock before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. all of those things are haunting us. One of them yeah. is deep social, racial, uh, mm -hmm. and income inequality. One new thing that no, not too many people were talking about this one before, but it's evident now. Yeah. It's technological inequality. Everything's bubbled up to the surface. Everything's bubbled up to the surface. And all of these things, all of these problems, together with isolation, together with lost jobs, uh, uh, job losses, together with, you know, how we are, we were set back decades because of all these jobs being lost that were held by women before lack of connection all, all of this <laughs> lack of connection all of this has created the perfect sort of uh you know mix for a for mental health implications that are going to be really really hard to solve yeah. so i'm thinking the first uh and the defining issue for 2021 would be mental health yes then the second one um this continues to be in the top of minds for business leaders, the reskilling and upskilling of the workforce. Uh, this, you know, the, the world is changing so dramatically fast, and uh, you know, technology is unstoppable. And it it seems that we are pretty late already. By the way, you know, it's not that you know, it's not that if we do something now, you know, we're going to be ahead of the curve. No, we are already far behind the curve. So we gotta, we just gotta think what we're going to be doing going forward in terms of upskilling and reskilling and what we are going to be doing with the many jobs that will be lost to technology over the next mm -hmm. few years that we won't be able to recreate for those people who are losing those jobs. I always say one example, there are 5 million truck drivers in the US. When self-driving technology becomes prevalent in, in America and in the world, we are going to be able to retrain some of them from some other jobs. But it's a lie. It's a lie that we're going to be able to retrain 5 million truck drivers to become people scientists or psychologists mm -hmm. or programmers or, you know, creative artists or designers. That's not going to happen. So we got to, you know, we have to think what we're going to do, you know, in that, in that regard. So, so that second thing is upskilling and reskilling. The third thing is going to, it's a combination of, the, a safely return to the office because I know some companies want to want to have some hybrid 
and flexibility. It's going to be um, it's going to be very very important for HR to find the ways to build flexible work arrangements, flexible work uh, frameworks, if you will, that allow flexibility. Right. I mean, for those people who moved out, for example, of San Francisco or New York, they moved out in waves into states like Arizona, where I live, or Montana, or Nevada, Oregon, you know, many other states. These people are having now a different life, you know, because now they are making good money and, uh, and, you know, money that they were making in the cities of San Francisco and New York, but living in the states that are way cheaper. So to tell any of this or any of those people, now you got to go back to the office. That's going to, you know, it's going to create some tension. So we are going to have to find flexibility, flexible work arrangements, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in the workplace. And the last thing, of course, is related to all of these things is the impact of technology. That's just unstoppable. And um, and as I mentioned a, a while back, I, I am hoping that those of us in the HR space, we are not just passively sitting watching how others create the future of work for us. I don't want anybody to create the future of work for me. I want to be part of it. And yeah. no, it won't be exactly as I want it to be, but I want to be part of the conversation. I want to, to have that to seat at the table. The yes. Like you said. So, mm-hmm. um, so that's that. I think those are the four yeah. main there you go. areas. Number one, yeah. mental health. Mm-hmm. Number two, reskilling and mm-hmm. upskilling. Mm-hmm. Number three, flexible work arrangements mm-hmm. for safety reasons. Number four, influence of technology. By the I way, actually, Sonia, I, I want to, Fanny, I want to say something. I, uh, please forgive me for, for interrupting the, yeah, the, please. the reading of these four things. Just want to say one thing. This is all within the big universe of creating a more human yeah. world. We can, you know, to me, the foundation of all these things is the human. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much. How, how good you are at building flexible work arrangements if you don't care about the human. It doesn't matter if you want to re, if you want to reskill or upskill your workforce if you don't care about the human. So the, the big foundation of all of this thing is we have to care more about the human. If not, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Nothing of none of this makes sense. And reading some of the comments here, Sal, you know, we we asked them for where do they see the HR challenges are agreed, Sal says, addressing emotional wellness mm-hmm. with employees, ensuring they're comfortable in confiding to their managers and colleagues. Mm-hmm. And that's building community too, mm-hmm. right? That connection, mm-hmm. right? We've we've lost that, right? We, we, we um, did, yeah. And then G saying, uh, yes, again, about mental health, this comes up every day, not just in HR, but because the health and morale of others directly impacts HR. Yeah. But when I, when I say this is a challenge for HR, I don't mean uh, for HR as in HR people. It is a challenge for HR because they will have to address it for everybody else too. It's, yeah. you know, HR, HR, this is, because this is the defining issue of 2021. This is how HR can rise up to the most meaningful challenge of 2021. So if you are just running the payroll ensuring compliance and firing and hiring, you're not up to this. You got to step up from that game and you got to come into this place of how can I be an instrument of support of the mental, emotional well-being of our people at work. So this is how we're going to make perhaps the most dramatic difference that we've ever made from the HR standpoint. I love it. Yes. Everyone agrees with you, right? Mental health needs to be addressed. Aaron says mental health, 100% agree. Look at that. There you go, right there. Um, And then Sal also mentioned another challenge is establishing or redefining one's inclusion, diversity, and equity strategy. I know that's a big topic on your conference as well. COVID-19 added a layer of complexity to foster reassurance. And it also offered an opportunity for companies to be innovative and creative in uniting their workforce and culture. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, you, you know what's you know what's funny, but also very sad, funny, um, that a lot of the issues that we're dealing with right now, they are not new. Mm-hmm. You know, they are not new. We have been talking about these things for a long time, but we swept them under the rock. And now they're haunting us, as, as I said before. But not only are they haunting us, 
like they were haunting us before the pandemic. Now they are amplified by the pandemic. So, yes. you know. And we're all on edge. We're more anxious people, right? Well, well yeah. that and, and the fact that now, you know, for example, last year, you know, we, we got, we saw so much social and racial unrest in our country, in the United States. And imagine having that amplified by the anger that COVID was creating in society. So it's all of these things that we have been dealing with for a long time. Some of those problems we were somewhat addressing. Some others we were completely, mental health, I think is one of the things that we were, uh, you know, sadly neglecting before the pandemic, but we can't neglect it anymore. So they are amplified by the pandemic and there's no time to lose anymore. You know, we got to do something about this. I like this question we got from Mark from Facebook. What about this idea of employers and employees having an ally relationship? So working together to solve a company's need or problem and leveraging that situation and the employee's skills. So maybe cross department, um, I guess, solving of skills and, and not just have it be an HR problem, but it can be anybody in the organization to help solve a situation like that. What do you yeah. think? I, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you one example, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, as I mentioned before, I am an engineer. Mm -hmm. uh, and my expertise as a, as an engineer was telecommunications, but specifically project management. And I worked for a company, and they needed to do some project work, and they were hiring external project managers. And I was thinking, like, first of all, why are you wasting that money in hiring people that? You know, you got that talent inside. I, I am here. You know, I, I can do it. But not only that, you are going to help me, you know, grow so much and become so much happier and find so much more joy because you're allowing me to do this thing that goes beyond my work, but I want to do it. And they wouldn't do it, right? So to me, one of the things that any workplace has to do is start looking inside to the amazing talent that they have. And they will find answers. They will find skills. They will find creativity, problem-solving capacity that they didn't even know they had. In, in my last corporate job, one thing that I started doing was a, a, a series of internal talks called iTalk. And this is what it was all about. It was, it was like a tech talk kind of thing. It was called iTalk. The idea was to allow people to come to present something for five minutes. But whatever the something that they were going to present didn't have to do anything with their actual job. It had to do with something else. So we found, found out how many musicians we had, how many creative people we had, how many rock climbers we have, runners yeah. like myself. Yeah. So it was amazing to see all of those talents that we didn't know existed within the company because we never asked the damn question, right? So yeah. what I'm saying here is we got to open up the opportunities for people to participate in the internal process. And this is not just the right thing to do for the people. Mm -hmm. It is the business imperative. It is the business mm -hmm. thing to do because heavy hierarchies where yeah. information flows through the silos slowly up to the leader, to another leader and back down to the rest of the vertical or the silo, that approach most, you know, is also obsolete. Right now, the amount of information created out there, the amount of things that we have to deal with every day is so big that unless we promote the free, natural, and organic flow of information and collaboration within the company, we won't be able to survive these times. So yeah. if you are a leader, the big challenge for you is how do you do one thing? How do you create formal and intentional avenues for people to collaborate and to share information. But how do you also create the culture for those uh, collisions and cross-pollinations yeah. to happen naturally so that you don't have to promote it, so that they just happen? You know, mm -hmm. me working in HR, naturally going to finance to talk to somebody with uh, about finance, to talk to somebody from IT. How do we create the culture for those things to happen organically. Only then will you have created an organization where information is flowing freely and the amount of collisions created inside the organization is maximizing innovation opportunities, curiosity opportunities, creativity opportunities. Uh, that's hard. It's not easy. That's the kind of HR that we want to see. Nobody wants to see the HR running the payroll anymore. No, no. Yeah. I mean, that's 
That's so okay. much more than tactical yeah. activities. Yeah. This, this, is, yeah. this is the kind of a chart that mm -hmm. we want to see and that I'm trying to build. Awesome. Um, time just is flying, Enrique. <laughs> yeah, I so I want to make sure that I get to this question here about 2021 HR trends, right? Because one thing that you've already mentioned, technology, and before you answer this, um, I want to bring up one question from the audience, because I think this ties in really well. Kevin Hand, he says, just on this topic exactly, with the advancement of technology and remote workforces, do you see the role of HR increasing or decreasing since many of us don't go to the office anymore? That, that's, a, that's a great question. And I'm going to respond it a little bit more broadly. Mm -hmm. um, HR, as we know it, will disappear. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it. HR, as we know it, will disappear. If what one person is doing is running payroll all the time, that job may be merged with something else. And that job in itself will disappear because technology will allow us to do these things more effectively and with less time and, you know, way more cost efficient. So HR, as we know it, will disappear. What is the kind of HR that will not disappear? The kind of HR that is addressing the mental health issues in the workplace, yes. you know? So you are not anymore the payroll guy or gal. You are now the mental health, you know, or person, different incentive the, programs. The person who is facilitating the conversations around mental health. Yeah. You are now the person who is architecting the culture for the kind of organic but intentional collaborative conversations to happen in the organization. So you are now becoming a little bit more irreplaceable by either technology or by the fact that people are not coming to the office anymore. So to me, it is HR as we know it, transactional, uh, you know, focus on administration, running processes and compliance that HR will disappear. And my um, my fear is that for the smaller, medium-sized kind of organizations that do not have the capacity to, you know, to incorporate too much technology and all that, what they are going to do is they're going to push HR even down further down because what they're going to do is, wait a second, Enrique costs $100,000 per year, but now I have this technology that costs $5,000 and can run half of the things that Enrique is doing right now. Maybe I bring you know, some junior person at $40,000 a year plus the technology that's $45,000 a year better than the 100000 that I'm paying Enrique to do these two things. You know what I'm saying? So yes. small to medium-sized organizations are going to continue pushing down uh, um, HR to a more transactional level unless HR rise up to this, rises up to these yeah. new challenges and start doing something different. So that was a very broad answer. Um, so moving towards uh, more strategy and then to your point, more human experiences, correct, right? Yes. Designing plans and strategies to grow human experiences yeah. at work in the yeah. workplace. Yeah. yeah. Um, what is another HR trend that you're seeing for 2021? You know, like, like some of the ones that I mentioned before, the focus on mental health, yes. the, um, the focus on building more flexible workplaces, the focus, of course, on the safe return to work for those organizations that are planning to have some kind of hybrid yeah. uh, approach. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that those may be some of the most uh, you know common trends that we are going to be seeing. Absolutely. Hybrid yeah. workplaces, yes. Yeah. That's definitely and, and, a and, and, you know, one thing that, that we got to keep in mind is, is this. Last year into this year, HR worked really, really hard to keep organizations going and working to keep people safe and, and whatnot. My only caveat to that is that a lot of things that we did were very reactive. Mm. We had been warned before that some of those things were going to happen, but we didn't believe them, right? We didn't think that they were actually going to happen. Mm -hmm. So to me, we now have to you know, come to a stop and say, we, we did all this. Kudos to us. Great work, HR. A lot mm -hmm. of reactive stuff. So going forward, how can we start doing the great work that we were doing? How can we leverage on the leeway that we were giving because of all the great work that we did during the pandemic to now promote deeper and more meaningful and proactive changes in the workplace that are looking forward to building a more sustainable, profitable, impactful um, uh, workplace and human workplace going forward and not just reacting to the emergencies mm -hmm. that are happening around us. Yeah. So that, that's a completely different mindset here. 
Gosh, you, you've given us so much to think about. And I think if anything, for those of you in the audience, you got to make sure you come to the <laughs> Hacking HR Conference yes. and make sure that you engage on these conferences, go there with an open mind, bring back all these ideas. And even just from today's session, like you've, you've really kind of sparked a lot of thinking in my head of of the additional things that we should be doing in HR. Um, I wanna give you a chance real quick before we wrap up about Hacking HR Lab, because I think the that's an important lab thing. Lab is awesome. Mm -hmm. um, the lab is the platform that we just launched to, to consolidate all that we do for the community in one place. And there are many more features coming up. So please go to the lab, create your free account. I uh, you know, I encourage you to create a premium account because, well, you know, we are at a point where we need some money to continue uh, doing this uh, in a sustainable manner. But please go to the lab, create your free account. All of our events, all of the things that we do will now be in the lab. So it's all like, you know, the videos, the podcast, the, everything yeah. will be now uh, in the lab. So we have a roadmap of features that is, you know, pretty cool. And we are basically every two or three weeks developing a new tool that we are embedding in the lab. So check it out. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, you know, we just launched it three weeks ago and a lot of learning in the process, a lot of things that we are, uh, you know, improving and doing differently from what we had originally thought. But I think it's a, it's a great place to, you know, connect. Absolutely. And I want to remind everyone again of the Hacking HR Global Conference and all the sessions yeah. it's absolutely free if you are in hr heck even if you're not in hr this is still all so relevant and so important for every organization make sure you go to the website um, i'll be speaking about mastering your job search skills as well on one of the panels and um, there's just so, such a whole variety of sessions yeah. and speakers and topics. So make sure you go to this site, hackinghr.io. And from there, you will find the conference. Again, it's free. Register. Yeah. It's a whole week long, 123 sessions. Um, Enrique, I do want to give a quick shout out because for things to be free, we also need sponsors. So um, I really do want to encourage people, if you are looking to sponsor and be part of this, um, this is your email, right, Enrique? That is correct. Talk a little bit about sponsorship. Well, you know, I mean, probably for this conference, it's already late, but we're, we are opening up the um, opportunities to sponsor the 22, 22, uh, 22, is that right? Yeah, 22. 22. Uh, 2022, yeah, I was like, I'm missing something. 2022, <laughs> what am I missing in that year? Uh, so we're not in the year 22. We're in the year 2021. And for the conference in 2022, we're opening up the uh, the sponsorship opportunity. So reach out to me. I, I will let you know more. We are designing a completely new and uh, very, uh, you know, a customized approach to sponsorship. So reach out to me. I'll tell you more about it. And if you sign up to the Hacking Nature Lab, please become a premium member. It's $99 per year. But, you know, as of now, every cent, like every single cent that we've gotten from people becoming members of the lab, premium members of the lab, we have reinvested back into creating the product and improving the product. So um, it's going to take us a long time for, you know, for us to create some revenue with this because we really want to have a fantastic product for you. So, yeah. Yeah. And those of you in my audience, you know, I I wouldn't promote a association or a conference if I didn't believe so strongly in it. And um, I think this, as you can probably tell after this one hour with Enrique, his passion is contagious and um, and no, no time like now to yeah. really make an impact with the human experience, with HR, and um, make sure you join the lab, attend the conference. Enrique, thank you. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being such an inspiration. Um, if we had more people like you in workplaces, we would certainly be uh, making a much bigger impact in the world. Um, but uh, stay there. I just want to announce some upcoming events before I close off the show. Give me a minute here, Enrique. So for those of you out there, 
that are technology enthusiasts and professionals. Make sure you join me on the um, with the Association of Business Technology Professionals on Tuesday, March 23rd at 6 p.m. Um, we are featuring Dick Daniels, who is the former CIO of Kaiser Permanente, and he's going to talk about career retrospective and where we should go. This ties so much into a lot of this HR talk that we've been talking. And you can find more information at abtpdfw.org. And I do want to give a shout out to my guests next week. Amazing guys, Stephen Spiro and Cameron Toth. We are all going to talk about networking and how to become a master networker. So make sure you connect with Steven Spiro and Cameron Toth. That will be, they will be my guests next Thursday at four. And um, so as we wrap up here, I wanna thank Enrique again. Thank you, Enrique. And thank you to you, our audience. I see everyone in there um, just, You've made an impact, Enrique. So thank you. Thank you well, so th much. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was, a, it was an honor Absolutely. to be here. Thank you. Make sure you all sign up for the conference. Yes. And as I close out the show, I want to remind everyone to shine your light, share your voice. As you can see, the importance of sharing your voice today, share your message, share your talents with the world. And I hope you can do it through video shine your light to everyone. Thank you for everyone in the audience. Thanks for all your contributions. Thank you, Anne. And um, tune in next week when we talk about networking. Mm -hmm.